0: Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Moorhead team. And this is Austin Real Estate Investing. Today, we've got Chloe Kwan on here. She's gonna tell us all about her experience investing in real estate in Austin and what she's up to, what she's gonna be doing next. Hey, Chloe, how are you?
1: Hi, doing well, how about yourself?
0: Doing great. Great to have you on, so excited to talk to you. Really quick, could you tell our guest who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing in Austin?
1: Yeah, my name is Chloe Kwan. Um, I'm based in East Austin. Um, I started investing about four years ago. Um, I bought my primary in Austin uh, when I uh, got my first job in in tech as a data scientist. And then I house hacked, uh, turned it into an Airbnb. And then uh, COVID happened. Um, So (laughs) I pivoted into sort of midterm rental um, and then we can talk more about that later. Um, and then, uh, over COVID, I, um, started a construction company where I built AB units.
0: Nice. So I, I like all those things. Um, I like, I myself have done some short-term rentals, some midterm rentals. I've interviewed a lot of guests on here with AB units, but never done it myself. So mm-hmm. I guess. My first question is, why did you switch from short-term rental to midterm rental during COVID? And can you tell our guests a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so I can just go over sort of the whole journey. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, so I bought my first primary and this was- my first house um you know i moved to austin uh from houston uh to go to grad school right i was in oil and gas before um i moved to texas originally to go to school um in, in houston uh, rice university and i was in oil and gas i was like you know i don't know if i love being in oil and gas um hurting the environment and all uh and so i decided to pivot Um, went to grad school at UT for data science, and then, you know, got a job uh, right away as a data scientist for a huge retail company, right? And after that, I bought my first house thinking, you know, it's just my primary, you know, didn't really think too much about it. But at the time, I sort of got into the whole bigger pockets, you know, started listening to podcasts and, you know, got the bug, sort of say, uh, like the the entrepreneurial bug. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna buy this house, I'm gonna renovate it top to bottom, uh, and have like no renovation experience whatsoever, right? Uh, I was like, I can do it. So I, you know, I, I started renovating it. And one thing that I really looked for when I was looking at houses was uh, one, obviously the price point, right? Um, it needed to be awesome was already hot back then, right? Yeah. So, so, I, I was like, okay, price point needs to be good enough. That means that I have to buy somewhere that's developing, right? Not yet all the way developed, uh, but it was on the path of development so that it has the chance of appreciation within a short period of time. Right. Yes. So that was important for me. Second, um, I wanted to, uh, uh, house hack, meaning I wanted to, I didn't want to like get roommates per se that I needed to share space because um, I've had about 30 roommates growing up. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I I went to boarding school half of my life. Um, okay. From South Korea. Um, and so I knew that I didn't want roommates, but I wanted to not pay the entire mortgage. So I basically was looking for a floor plan where I can uh, renovate it to the point that I can house sack as an Airbnb with no shared space with my side and their side, basically. Right. So um, that basically meant that I had to find a floor plan that was like half and half. Right. So like it ended up being, uh, the, the master bedroom and master bathroom, uh, turned into, uh, an Airbnb and then my side was my side. Right. Um, and then there's no shared space whatsoever. They have their own patio, they have their own walkway, they, you know, all that. Um, but nothing that's shared with me. So I don't have to worry about sort of having, you know, um, other conflicts or whatnot right um so that was really important
0: so Uh, i want to stop and i want to go through that really quick because i know that's a really really awesome strategy for people we actually haven't talked too much about that on here so could you go over in more detail what you did to separate the master and kind of make it its own wing from Mm -hmm. the rest of the house yeah explain that for our guests
1: yeah, so if you look at the house from the front, um, basically the left side of a house has the master bedroom and bathroom and a huge walk-in closet, mm-hmm. and um, they it has a French door in the back that basically um, connect is connected with like a walkway. So like from the front of the house, you can walk on the left side, go all the way back basically. Uh, and then I fenced it off. So they have their own private patio, um, with like seatings and whatnot, outdoor furniture, uh, really cute lighting and all that. And, uh, so from the French door, you walk in and it's like a huge, like master bedroom. And then like, the master bathroom is the size of the bedroom right it's like really big walk-in closet so it takes about like half of the house like how the house is constructed right and then all I just did was um I've uh <clears throat> I don't know if this is legal probably not uh yeah. with the grist and all that but basically I've like locked the door and then mm-hmm. reinforced it with insulations, um you know sound blocking materials and then a secondary door so like they it's not openable basically it's like oh. if I want to open it again, like I'll have to like redo all all the things. And then I've also done some more sound like absorption, like material on the other side of the house so that, um, you know, we were minimizing the, 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 the sound that's, that's carried over through the wall.
0: Okay. Awesome. And you said you made the master, the Airbnb. Yeah. How has that gone for you? Can you kind of, are you willing to share the the occupancy and the yes. the rates you're getting, stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I bought the house and renovated it. And by the time we were like ready for Airbnb was like probably October of 2019. Okay. Um, so it was really great timing because it was right before COVID. So, yeah I, had, exactly. yeah, I had a good, you know, like five months of just like, airbnb profit Mm -hmm. and this is what sort of really got me into real estate and and started taking real estate really seriously was that i saw the possibility of how much money can make just with one one room right there's no kitchen there there's like literally there's no kitchen you can't like you know there's like a kitchenette and stuff you know right like there's Mm -hmm. like a small fridge and toasters and you know like microwave and whatnot like coffee uh, maker but there's no kitchen and yet there were people that were like booking it left and right and um with Airbnb so from the beginning I actually intentionally hired a Airbnb manager um even though I lived there and I could manage it myself because I you know I like time freedom is important for me and, you know, long-term setting systems and processes are important for me. So, um, with their management fees sort of subtracted, um, I was still netting about 1800 to 2000 for just, oh, one, wow. room, just one room. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is East Austin and it's pretty close to like East six and, you know, downtown and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, but it's not in like a right smack in the middle of that, right? Um, yeah, it was making a great money, right? So it was almost covering my uh PITI, So my principal interest uh, tax and insurance is 20 to 50. And um, it was covering most of it, right? Um, it certainly covered all my mortgage, and I, I was like, I looked at the numbers, and I was like, as a data scientist, I, lo- I love looking at numbers, right? And I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, yeah. I don't know why other people are not house hacking more, you know. Mm. Um, so that's that's you know that's where I really you know got woke, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So you're making eighteen hundred to uh, two thousand a month off Airbnb. Are you doing monthly rentals on it now? or are you back to short-term rental?
1: Yeah, so um I've experimented a little. So with Airbnb, you can't really have a hundred percent occupancy, right? No. Um, if you do, that probably means that you're charging a little bit low mm-hmm. and you should you should you know increase a little bit more with so once uh, I've done about five months of Airbnb, and then COVID hit, right? And then all of a sudden they canceled entire like few months of booking um, wow. right when that happened, right? Or people started canceling and then Airbnb was honoring those cancellations, right? Mm-hmm. So I quickly had to find out, I'm like, you know, I I have this room that's like basically set up and, you know, furnished. Uh, so I put the Airbnb on Furnish Finder, which is sort of, I call it like midterm rental, right? So right. it's like 30, 30- it could be less than 30 days but it was 30 plus days um i was getting a lot of bookings from um traveling nurses at that time yeah. in the beginning right because they were still traveling austin still had a great need for um medical professionals and their assignments usually are 13 weeks with uh the possibility of extension so it was, uh, pretty cool because for the next, I would say 20, I mean, uh, like 20 months or so. also uh, so wow. almost two years, um, I had zero vacancy.
0: Wow. Like
1: That's people wild. would move out on 30th and then somebody would move in on the first. So like, I would have like cleaner come in right after. And then the next day somebody's there. Right. And yeah. And I didn't have to think about a lot of turnovers. Um, You know, I think what attracted this space for a lot of people was the fact that I allowed pets. So Mm. they had a lot of dogs Um, with a bigger deposit, security deposits and cleaning fee. Like I had no problem, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So it was was great. I literally had people all the time and they're pretty good, you know, tenants. Um, Mm -hmm. I had a pretty strict criteria in terms of the, you know, the, the qualification, um, and references and whatnot, but yeah, I worked out really great. Now I've converted back to Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just wanted to test how the, you know, how it is, uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I might turn it back to the terminal. who knows? I'm just going to compare the profits over a few months just to account for seasonality.
0: So you mentioned something about your qualifications and your screening for the guests on the monthly rentals. Um, I know that's really important for people. Could you talk a little bit more about what you do to screen people and, and how that's worked out?
1: Yeah, so I think screening people is probably one of the most important things when you have uh, you know guests, especially um I'm living here, right? So yeah security is really important. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, uh, I was basically, I use this, uh, website called veil, um, which is just a veil. It's dot Co. Mm -hmm. Um, I've used several other platforms, but this just like seamlessly streamlines all of the things. So, um, basically, uh, the process goes, I put it on the listing on Furnish Finder. There's all these people that are interested, right? You get like tons of people. Like I've had over 50 like, uh, requests at one point during COVID. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, and uh, so you would put, you know, you would just like literally send them this, the link to avail with your like, whatever, um, your application. And then what, what it does is basically it collects all of the informations, like basic informations like your, uh, they run credit report, so credit check and your background check um, to make sure that you are who you say you are. And then, you know, you have histories of payment on time and all this stuff, um, and no felonies, et cetera. you, all of these questions, right. And then including the references. So, uh, basically references of your past landlords, uh, your current employer, your paychecks, your ID, like everything in one place, which makes it really easy for you to go through and compare different candidates. Um, And then my rule is um, their monthly income needs to be at least three times higher than the monthly rent. Um, And if they are new, like, for example, if they're like traveling nurses and they've actually never worked with this employer before, um, then I would uh, make sure that they... At least have five times the amount of monthly rental income in their bank statement. So they could show their bank statements. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't allow any cosigners. Um, I don't accept uh, anybody who has like a felony on their record or eviction on their record. Um, and then I call their references, like myself, to verify that um, you know they, they're good, good uh, previous you know um, renters and you know good good employee.
0: Love it. That's awesome. Um, so you, you, you've you done this house hack and it sounds like, what did you do after the house hack? So the house hack's going really well. You're making good money on that. You, you were going and I kind of cut you off and wanted to dive into the, the master suite conversion. But let's just, let's jump back in where, where we cut off there.
1: Okay. Yeah. So the renovation happened, right? Mm-hmm. So basically I've rent this house was really old um, and also it was like really outdated, but also really gross. Like yeah. imagine every wall was covered with 30 plus years of like nicotine stains. Cause oh, the was living before was just, uh, was, was a heavy smoker. Um, every room was like, I don't know, it was trash. Like every room was like, like, like blue, purple, like different paint colors, um, I don't think that like a lot of like heaters and like, you know, HVAC wasn't really updated and wasn't like Mm -hmm. really great care of um, things like that. Right. So I renovated the entire place, um, you know, but salvage as much as I can because I I was paying this out of my pocket. Right. So I, Mm -hmm. I wanted to sort of put uh you know sweat equity in that um so i was here before work in the morning and then after work and you know staying until midnight like scrubbing oh. the floor and doing whatever right uh learned a lot about construction in this process and like people management because that's basically the name of the game right yeah. um and i had help of course uh and um uh, and basically, yeah, I renovated the the whole place. Uh yeah, and then turned turned that into it. I'm I'm living on the other side. Uh once I started uh, you know, Airbnb slash, you know, midterm mentaling it, um, I was like, this is great. Like what else can I do? And um the 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 agent that I bought the house from, uh, Steph, I think you had her uh, yeah. on your past. Yes, Yeah, so was- she- yes, yes her mom actually, uh, Michelle helped me uh, renovate it. Right. So oh, I was like, this is awesome. I saw the, their business model, which is basically as a family unit, right. Uh, mm-hmm. They basically buy these houses renovated and um, put a tiny house in the back. Right. So I was like, mm-hmm. this is great. Like I'm going to buy a tiny house, house again or uh, like that. Right. So um, I have, I ordered a tiny house online and I really? just literally was like, it's so fun. Like I, I just ordered it online and it's like, like you can customize everything. Right. And like literally everything. And it's like, not as expensive as I thought it was going to be. And you can finance it too. So yeah. And, uh, I bought actually, I bought this house with, the, putting the tiny ass in the back of mine as well, because I was like, mm. I'm going to have as many units I can fit in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so the lot was big enough. And it's a SF three zone. So I can I can put oh. it. Yeah. Right. So um, it got delayed a little during COVID. Um, but it should be here soon. I'm going through the permitting process right now.
0: So how much was the tiny house and what is could you go into the financing of what that looked like? I'm yeah. not familiar with tiny house financing at all. So me yeah. too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's a really good timing to buy tiny houses these days because during COVID, you they actually saw like explosive demand on tiny house as people were trying to find, you know, more permanent housing solutions that are not apartments, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, three, four years ago, it was pretty hard to find like a, you know, lender that would finance a a tiny house um, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's, uh, they, they deem, deem it as either RV park model. This is like what the official classification is Mm -hmm. or modular and, um, lenders don't like those. Right. Because they're mobile, they're not tied down to like a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's harder to evaluate, it's harder to insure, all that, right? So lenders don't like risk. So yeah. um, back in back in the day, it was really hard to finance. Now there's a lot more lenders and insurance companies that are willing to finance and insure them, right? So, uh, so my house, after customizing everything, all said and done, it was about 90K. Um okay. and it's really cute. It's like like I would live here. And it's yeah. a <laughs> it's a 399 square foot. Uh, pretty big. It's pretty big, I would say. Uh, and the reason why it's 399 is because I didn't know this, but um, if it's under 400 square foot uh, in the City of Austin, you don't pay property tax on it. Oh so yeah so it's 3.99 it has like one bedroom one bathroom living room kitchen and then a loft area so you can even sleep up to like four people um Mm -hmm. if you wanted to which is really really cool right Um, definitely great uh like configuration for for airbnb um and then you can finance it so i'm planning on like living there for a little um so that Because I want to take advantage of like the owner-occupied loan. Um, So if you're owner-occupied, you can put down as little as ten percent. Okay. Nine thousand, which means nine thousand, and there's like hardly any closing costs. It's not like regular house like mortgage.
0: Okay. Do you know what the down payment percentage is for non-owner occupants? Is it like a normal twenty or twenty-five?
1: it's a i i want to say it's 15, 15. or 20 percent. i i'm not sure it's not 25 i don't think okay
0: okay still that's pretty good
1: yeah exactly
0: you're smart to live in it for a while though too to take advantage of that low down payment
1: yeah 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 absolutely absolutely
0: awesome um <clears throat> So Chloe, what initially got you interested in real estate investing? I know we talked a little bit, you got started in your first house. Uh, Where'd you get the idea to Airbnb the room?
1: Um, I guess, well, so I saw other people do it first, right? Uh, There's lots of Airbnbs. Um, When I was living in Houston, whenever we, you know, me and my friends, we, we came to Austin a lot. Um, just to visit. Um, And we all stayed in Airbnb. And and I I loved the experience of, um, you know, it was a it was an accommodation that wasn't like hotel in a sense that you felt like you were a local. Right. And I love that whole experience that you 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 got just by using, you know, Airbnb, living in somebody else's house and you have all of these you know, things that, you know, that you need, right. Everything from utensils to cooking to TVs or whatever. Right. And it's usually in a location that's very, um, good for going out or going to restaurants. So I love just the idea of Airbnb and whenever, um, whenever I was sort of you know, I, I, whenever I was like sort of listening to all these podcasts and reading and talking to a lot of people, going to a lot of networking events, I saw that there's a lot of people doing it, first of all. And second, um, since I'm a data scientist, I'm a data person, right? And I was looking at all of these data and they're just like so much demand, right? Historical pattern was like, even during COVID, I mean, there's you know the demand and the people that are traveling here or uh moving here or temporarily moving here to see if they want to live here it yeah. was just off the chart right so just looking at these data and um like you know crunching numbers for underwriting i was like i mean if you can make airbnb work it's such a such a good uh model to uh have cash flow right cuz as we all know austin is really hard to cash flow with like a traditional long-term rental mm-hmm. uh, you have to be a little creative and I thought Airbnb is so um, it hits all the right spot right it hit sort of um, it's a it's a, a great uh, for me doing sort of like the underwriting right the math side of it I loved it I love it um, and then also the creative side with the designing and furnishing um, and you know I was like this is really fine I'm gonna do some more fun stuff and Airbnb was that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I think you know, you mentioned Austin is really hard to cash flow on long-term rentals. Yeah. Um, you, you yeah. also did monthly rentals. We encourage a lot of people to do that. And then you you listed all the reasons of why people are coming here yeah. for short-term periods or, or monthly periods. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. There's so many people moving here. There's so many people saying I want to check it out. Or hey, it's cold in New England in the winter. I want to come down to Texas for a month or two there's just too many reasons to count why people would come here and spend longer periods of time here yeah even if that's a couple weeks or a month it's just such an awesome strategy to make cash flow or make rental property work in austin where you can bank on the amazing appreciation we've gotten and also get some cash flow too yes really cool stuff um Do you have any advice for people on anything that maybe you did wrong or something that's gone wrong in your real estate investing, a, a advice on how to avoid avoid that?
1: Like a bad deal?
0: I think bad you always- deal, do Bad deals or problems you've run into?
1: Um, yeah, I would say one thing I learned from just uh, being in sort of like a construction, right? Like industry is that always have everything in writing, right? I know like legal stuff was like really intimidating to me in the beginning. Um, you know, hiring an attorney was like very intimidating. I was like, how much is this person going to cost? Like, you know, it was just a lot of unknown. Um, but I would say having those like operating agreements, mm-hmm. contracts, um, everything in, in in writing, even if it's like an email or a text message is really important, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in order to uh, minim- minimize the risk of, you know, sort of things going wrong. Um, and then second, uh, you know, people, right. I've had a lot of, whenever I was, you know, going through a renovation on my primary, yeah. um, I've just had a lot of, uh, experiences of, and this is not a bad deal per se, because I think you can make any deal good or bad. Um, but you know, what almost turned me off to the real estate investing was like how some people just didn't uh, stand by their word. So like a lot of contractors, um, they would say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I can come buy this, you know, today, tomorrow, whatever. So I'm like having all of these schedule planned, right? I also have a W2 job, so I have yeah. to be at that job. And then they would just like not show up or they would do really uh, bad quality work. So like, you know, like, I I was tiling my, you know, shower and then like, I guess they didn't like line up the, the pipes correctly. So it wasn't like flushing or like the water wasn't going through Mm -hmm. and things like that. Somebody has to come in and, 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 you know, you have to stand by your word, your, 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 uh, service. Right. And then they just would, it just ghost me. Right. Or like they would they would look at me and they, they would go like, hey, like they just decided that I wasn't a decision maker, even though I was I was the one who's paying them because like they yeah. look at me and, um you know, I am a person of color. I'm a woman. I'm pretty sh- small. Right. And then they're like, oh, she's must be not worth, you know, worth talking to. Um so they'd just like walk past me and then they would like ask some guy that was like, you know, my guy friend or something or other contractor or whatever, right? Um and so I don't know, like a lot of these like experiences almost turned me off because it was a lot of stress, right? Like trying to mm-hmm. trying to track down people, um like, you know, arguing people over things that they said that they were going to do and not do it, um was to me was like pretty stressful. Uh yeah. So I would say just have like a tough skin. <laughs> okay. Work on your having your tough skin because don't take it personally because it is the the business, right? Business side of things.
0: Yeah, especially right now, I'm finding that more and more is it everybody's so in demand. Uh, yeah, they're just not really going to treat you so well in every case. Yeah. And Yeah, having the tough skin really helps. And then you you mentioned contracts too. Every yeah. have everything documented have contracts for everything and make sure you can hold these people these contracts that makes your life a lot easier
1: yeah absolutely so important
0: there will be a time when everybody wants to do work for us but it's not right now you know, <laughs> there's more work than they could ever need and then yeah.
1: nobody, nobody
0: needs to work hard for you or show up on time or right. any that stuff but sometime right. that'll change and we'll be saying hey you know Come when I want you to and and do it for the price I want. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know
1: when that's going to be in Austin, but... (laughs) I don't either.
0: It might be a long time.
1: Yeah, a long time.
0: (laughs) Hopefully, I'm still around when that happens
1: again. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, you've mentioned construction here a little bit. What are you doing on the construction front? Hey, guys. This is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, That would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. So during COVID, uh, since uh, my uh, you know my W two job went one hundred percent remote, so we used to have an office in downtown, um, Mm -hmm. and then we went fully remote. So I was sort of like, okay, I have more time at my on my hand. Uh, What can I do? And I was actually trying to see, what can I do that has the best ROI on my time, right? Um, that that would sort of have a, you know, um, outsized gain on, you know, with my input as my time, right? Because ultimately, what was most important for me to plan for the future is uh financial and time you know independence, right? Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, that that freedom it was what I was, you know, going for. And I was like, you know, um I looked at renovation, right? I looked at sort of like, you know, other people do flipping, they renovate house and they hold it. Um, and I was like crunching numbers and also, you know, looking at my time spent on there. Um, and uh and so I, I looked at it and I was like, you know, it just, the, the numbers just don't work. It just is like, if I go get into flipping, I'm just buying another job basically. Yeah. Um, and then renovating, I was just like, that's a headache. And I'm just not excited about it. Right. And so I was doing a lot of, you know, like networking, a lot of educating myself, reading, uh, listening to podcast. Um, and then I sort of, you know, came down to new construction. Right. And I knew that it was high risk, high reward, sort of a situation because you do need a lot more capital to get into the game. But mm-hmm. I look at the numbers and, you know, just the built-in equity that you get, um, is amazing. Right. Um, especially within where I'm investing, I'm solely investing in, in East Austin and 78702. Okay. Um, and it's just, is developing very fast, there's a lot of comps and you you know that you're going to hit your ARV pretty easily mm-hmm. um, and also um, sort of my decision was uh, of. So I started this construction residential construction company because one of the reasons was um, because of my mom. Right. So I'm from Korea. Um, I, I I was born and raised there until I was 12 uh, before I came here. And uh, my mom, growing up, we always had nannies because uh, my mom actually started a commercial construction company when I was little um, really? with my uncle. Yeah. And back in the day, it was in the 90s and back in the day, like, Korea was pretty conservative. So, like, uh, women weren't, you know, that wasn't a thing that women did, right? If a woman had a job, it was like a teacher or nurse or something, right? Or staying at home mom, um, you know, it wasn't starting a commercial construction company.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive.
1: Yeah, so I grew up sort of seeing my mom being this like a badass woman, like a businesswoman. And I was like, I was just thinking that's like really cool. And I didn't really think much about it back then. But, you know, whenever I was doing this soul searching of like, what should I do next? Right. Um, I think uh, subconsciously, sort of she was my role model for 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 constructing this business right and i knew that i could do it right because i j- i just i don't know i just did a lot of I did a lot of education, educating myself, and I knew that I I could do it. I knew a lot of stuff already. And I knew that um, I knew a lot of people in the industry that if I needed help, I could turn to them because, you know, like in Austin, one of the things I love most about Austin is that people are so down to help and they're so helpful and they're, they're, they're amazing, right. Especially in real estate industry, like everybody is so amazing. So I knew that I, I had somebody to turn to if I needed help. Right. So, um, I was like, how, how hard could it be? Like other people <laughs> are doing it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I found a business partner and then I started, uh, we started, uh, we bought a lot and we started, you know, building.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah. is your mom still in the construction industry and where is she?
1: She's in Korea. Um, okay. so she was, these buildings were that she was building yeah. were okay. um, in, in Korea, she was building like 30 to 50 story buildings and then leasing out individual wow. units. That's yeah really impressive. Yeah. Um she's she has to she has to close down the business when she she got sick when I was mm. in college. Um so yeah, so she she had to close down. Um but up until then, she I think she really liked it. Awesome.
0: So you said you bought a lot in your building. Have you finished or have you started building yet?
1: Yeah, so uh, we are going to be done um estimated completion is mid-may mm-hmm. so uh i guess we can i can you know we can put on the show note like uh, my instagram which i do like a regular updates <laughs> of like, yeah. what the progress was and things that are happening um but yeah right now there are all there are two units there are walls there's you know <laughs> where i think we're Good gonna install install a uh you know uh cabinets and countertops soon. Um most of the materials are already purchased or chosen. Um yeah, so it it should be done soon. Um fingers crossed. Yeah. You never are know in the city of Yeah.
0: And especially with supply chains right now. Are you running into any issues getting materials? I know we ordered windows for a property yeah. last July. Yes. And we just got them a month ago
1: yeah windows are tough that's why we order like five months in advance because i was like i'm not going to take chances yeah um, we fortunately have great builders that are our partners that okay. have sort of guided us uh with sort of this you know plan of okay you've seen this happening this you should probably order windows very soon early on mm-hmm. all the stuff so um yeah we've actually ran into some supply chain issues uh, so I think as a, as a developer, what my job is, is for, for, to make builders job easier. Right. So whenever these things like supply chain issues come. So for example, like, um, uh, about like two months ago, um, they could figure most of the stuff out. Um, but they were having really hard time locating uh 18 inches like floor trusses which just basically is like when there's a roof there's floor trusses that are like supporting the the roof so you need those like in order to construct any sort of yeah. roof right yeah. and they were having a hard time and they're they're saying like yeah like the project could be like uh delayed by a month a month and a half because that's when we're expecting and we can't do anything else before this thing comes and i was like wow so i actually. Um, this is why I sort of love real estate. Uh, people is like I just looked uh, around and I called a bunch of people. Like I know some other developers um, that are they're building, and uh, one of my friends, uh, she she's a developer uh, in Austin and San Antonio. She had a, a person that she always buys these from, and then you know, it turns out he had a lot of extra on hand that he could it's... deliver the next day. Wow. So the week we were on track right so we were you know we lost about a week but way better than the month and a half that we were going to lose so um yeah that's why i love you know i love networking i love meeting new people um and you know trying to help and add value in anywhere i can because it's going to come back to you
0: absolutely yeah i had a a mentor a long time ago tell me your network is your net worth and that's always stuck with me it really makes so much sense absolutely awesome that's really cool Saved your month and a half um so you guys are doing awesome stuff you've got a new build coming hopefully mid may here uh, what's next for you what's your, what are your long-term goals what's your vision for real estate are you going to continue to work the w-2 and also do this on the side or is the w-2 going to go away sometime you know what are you doing next
1: yeah immediately i have no plan of quitting my data scientist job um i actually love being a data scientist it's (laughs) so cool yeah like machine learning and ai is the future Mm -hmm. i think and it is really exciting to see the progress you know that are happening daily monthly Mm -hmm. right and it's just i think it's so exciting um and i enjoy the job right i love coding i love you know training models i love you know sort of doing all of this um adding exponential value to to the bottom line of the business right um so i don't have any immediate plan of quitting that um i think in the future I would love to see if I can start a startup based on my, you know, combining my two passions, which is, you know, um, like machine learning and real estate. Right. So maybe it might be looking like a prop tech company or something. Right. Um, but I think that could be really, uh, awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, more immediate plan, uh, is I am, um, uh, building more. So I want to turn it into a scaling business, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I started sort of looking for equity partners um, who, so up until now, sort of me and my my business partner that I built this current project with, uh, we paid this out of pocket, right? Oh, wow. uh, yeah, but I don't want to do that anymore uh, because I want to scale. and yeah, you can't, can't do that. Scale that way yeah so um yeah so right now i am um so i have a one equity partner that we're uh we're uh partnering and we will probably build you know two to four more this year and then there are other equity partners that i'm meeting that um you know we probably will will buy more um good thing is there are enough lots to go around surprisingly enough it's not as hard as you know finding a good you know house right because i build it on like a teardown house, right? The lot just has to be very buildable. So yeah, so I, my media plan to scale the, the new construction business uh, and build a lot more of these AB units and also uh, build the Airbnb business. So uh, one thing that's really important for me because I am um, still younger uh, and still in a, a early stage of my career is uh, having enough equity, right? Um, so we're not selling these. Uh, we're actually—I don't know if you've heard like build-to-rent model. Oh yeah, uh, it has gotten pretty popular lately. Um, mm-hmm. with the property um, prices that are rising. Um, yeah, so we're employing those, and we're gonna convert these uh, new builds into either Airbnb or midterm rental, um, depending okay. on the age. So we're gonna furnish it. We're designing everything with that—you uh, know—sort of rental in mind, right? And I, you know, how I imagine is it's it's going to be a brand. So there's mm-hmm. there's a standard as to how these are going to be designed, how these um, you know, the guests are the 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 feeling that they get once they step into the house. Mm-hmm. Um you know it needs to be their second home away from their home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really thoughtful, thoughtful touches um in terms of finishes, in terms of a floor plan, in terms of everything, right? How they're using it. Um, So, uh, this, this will be the Airbnb business will be separate from the new build. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then, so I want to scale it as, as, as big as I can, (laughs) uh, until something, some other opportunity comes along. Uh, I would love to keep building, um, whether that be in residential, like right now, um, or in commercial. Um, so eventually I want to get into the commercial level. Um, and I think development is just so fun. So I want to keep doing it.
0: Yeah, and you've got a great role model in your mom doing that too. So, yes, so you've already got the plan laid out for you.
1: Yes, yeah, exactly.
0: That's really cool. Um, do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend, Chloe?
1: I think one of the books that sort of really opened my mind about my mindset was uh, The Gap and the Game. So I read this, so I did like a 75 hard challenge this Mm -hmm. year. And I read it in the beginning and it really changed my mindset about a lot of things that how I was looking at life. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think investing is a long term, ga- you know, long term gain mm-hmm. game. And um, your mindset is the most important thing because it's it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Right. And I think when you have a mindset, a great mindset um there's a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of challenges in real estate investing, right? Uh, Because we get paid for solving problems. Um, Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that we have to deal with. And without a right mindset, it's really easy to get into this like, you know, like, Mm -hmm. negative, ways of thinking, right? Um, Like not trusting, be really wary of other people, not trusting, you know, thinking that everything's gonna go wrong. Um, That's gonna really hinder you into taking these like big calculated risks that you need to take in order to um, find a big ROI in your effort, right? Um, So this book basically is pointing out that a lot of people when they think about, think about life, they look at what they're lacking, right? Mm -hmm. So they compare themselves to other people, um, you know, oh, he is getting promoted right now. He has this car, he's going to all these like vacations and I'm not doing it so that therefore I must not be successful. But reality, like if you look at all of the things that you've done and, you know, in the past up to how you got to where you are, mm-hmm. you actually have a lot to be proud of. Right. Yeah. But I think a lot of times it's really hard to see that, right. Cause you are just always in the mindset of I'm not doing enough. And I think a lot of high achievers like entrepreneurs, um, can get into this, this, this trap of thinking, oh, I'm not doing enough. And they're just going grinding and grinding and grinding until they achieve some goal that you set, but you're still not happy. Right.
0: Is the gap in the game the book that talks about writing down the three wins from from the day or the from yesterday? So I know I, I journal every morning and that mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure where I got it from because I, I read a lot of books, but I write down three wins from the day before every morning. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Um, um, and I think I got that from the gap in the game. I, I can't remember.
1: Um, I don't yeah. Yeah, but I mean that's great because that actually forces you to be in a habit of mm-hmm. thinking about what you have achieved, right? Whether yeah. it be small or not, you you still have something to that you you can point out and say, hey, I did that yesterday, you know? And I think that's so good.
0: Yeah. And a, a buddy of mine recently posted on Instagram, hey, don't don't compare your chapter two to somebody else's chapter 10. So Ooh, you know, I you're, love you're doing that so good right yeah. now. And you have all these achievements that you've created and and made for yourself and maybe every every day you're doing something great but you see somebody else especially on social media yeah driving the Porsche or vacationing all the time or in this brand new big house and you're like well I'm not there but look at where they came (laughs) from to get there and it's probably right what you're doing right now
1: yeah absolutely yeah it's all about like the the frame of mind right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know I I think it's really important to recognize what you have done and what you have accomplished. And yeah, because, you know, that's going to be the driver for you to keep going, right. That fuel for you to keep going to dream bigger. Right. Cause I think what, what a lot of these books that I've been reading have been saying is like, whatever you put your energy to, whatever you think that is possible, whatever you, you know, whatever you set your mind to be, you're probably going to achieve that right? Or yeah. whatever you think you can't do, you probably can't do, right? Yeah. So it's, it's all about mindset, I think, um, in terms of real estate investing and beyond in life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, love that. I, I also was on a webinar yesterday, and they were talking about people tend to compare what they did in the past to what they can do today luckily you saw your mom build 50 story towers so you're like i can do that <laughs> um, but people say hey you know i i ran three miles yes or two weeks ago so i think i can run three miles again rather than hey i think I, i'm gonna go run 12 miles because i know people run 12 miles and i can do that too yeah so it's so important to have that mindset like you're talking about hey i can do whatever i want to do what do yeah. i need to go do to do it
1: yeah absolutely so important.
0: Love it. Um so Chloe, you mentioned Instagram earlier. What are the best ways to get a hold of you or just follow you and figure out what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so um my Instagram handle um is Kwan dot r-e. So it's C-H-L-O-E-K-W-O-N dot R-E. Cool. Um, I'm not the best at social media but I'm learning. So okay. I I made I think I made my first reel like this weekend yes. <laughs> which I'm so proud of. Uh yeah, so I'm doing like uh regular updates of, you know, the new builds and sort of mindset things, what books I'm reading and things like mm-hmm. that. Um updating over there. Um you can also email me. Email probably is the best way to get a hold of me because I uh I, I sometimes don't check like the, the messages of uh, Instagram. Um, so my email address is Chloe, So C-H-L-O-E dot S as in Sam dot K-W-O-N at Gmail. All
0: right. And we'll have all this in the show notes for everybody. Anybody wants to reach out to Chloe or just follow Chloe on Instagram. We'll make sure to have that there. All right, Chloe, most important question we have for you today. What is your favorite restaurant in Austin?
1: okay this is a struggle because yeah. i know a lot of people have already mentioned a lot of places uh mm-hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with something that probably another person hasn't done okay. uh, so this is actually the first restaurant that i've been in austin it's called the peach tortilla oh um, yeah i like Burnett. have you been
0: yeah i love peach tortilla
1: yeah they have like the bar peached uh in clarksville as well just like a bar mm-hmm. version um <clears throat> you know i i it, Austin is getting better but it's not nowhere near like houston uh, in terms of asian food like authentic oh. food but yeah. when i when i when i like went to the peach tortilla it wasn't authentic but like it was just such a uh great fusion of you know uh asian food that i was like this is so great like it opened my eyes into thinking of, okay like i i can diffusion you know
0: <laughs> awesome yeah lots of uh lots of fusions around here that's for sure so yeah. you'll find some interesting stuff you might not find the more traditional foods that you be looking for but you'll definitely yeah. find some really interesting amazing delicious fusions
1: absolutely
0: love it awesome thank you so much for coming on here today chloe
1: thanks Brian. and
0: we will be following you on instagram and keeping up with this new build coming may
1: Awesome. Well, it was so great uh, meeting you and talking to you, Jordan. Um, Talk to you soon.
0: All right. Talk to you soon.